Welcome to Scale Up and Grow, a podcast from Turning Point Training and Development, where we discuss everything you need to know for your own personal and professional development and growth. Here's your host, Mary Ricketts. Hey, I am Mary Ricketts. Listen, today we are going to dive deep into a topic that every professional wrestles with, and it's how to confidently navigate the complex maze of choices that come our way every day. Let me ask you this question. Think about this. Have you ever been stuck between two paths, not sure which direction to take? Or have you ever felt the weight of a decision that could change the trajectory of your career? Guess what? You're not alone. (laughs) You're not alone. If you speak to someone and say they haven't been there, I would challenge them on that. In this episode, I'm going to title it uh, Navigating the Gray, Strategies for Complex Decisions on the Job. This is where I want us to explore a little bit some of the tried and true strategies that can really help guide us through some of the some of the murky waters that we have to deal with. And this, this isn't just a leadership conversation, but I'm usually very focused on leaders, but this is for all of us because we want to ensure that we not only survive, but that we thrive in this ever-changing professional landscape that we in. So let, let's get started. When you think about the opportunity to really kind of master the art of decision making in the workplace, let's start with this. When we think of navigating the complex landscape of professional decisions, there's it's it's no small feat. Okay? The choices you make at work not only shape your career trajectory, but also hold the potential to influence the entire organization's success and overall health. So a wrong decision might jeopardize your professional standing, while a good one could set you on a fast track to advancement. Tackling these difficult choices and emerging victoriously (laughs) really requires more than just the gut feeling. It requires more than just intuition. I want to share with you a few strategies to guide you through making those hard decisions at work so that you can enhance your chances that you're both prepared and resilience in facing some of those challenges. So now let's let's kick things off with the fundamental dilemma that we often face, and it's the balance between thorough analysis and taking action. Matter of fact, let's say taking decisive action. I want to look at embracing that balance between um, analysis and action. So analysis is the key to making an informed choice. This is what we're talking about, diving deep into your options, understanding the potential upsides and downsides, looking at the pros and cons. This can illuminate the path forward. However, there's a fine line between constructive analysis and destructive over thinking. Some of our personality styles and behaviors may struggle in this area more than others. And then for those of you that are like, well, no, Mary, I can make a quick decision. Okay, I want you to balance this out as well. Consider a workplace dilemma like handling a disagreement with a colleague. You might weigh the immediate resolution of involving a manager against the potential fallout of straining your working relationship instead of endlessly battling and just sitting there between opinions, aim to choose the path that holds the majority 
of positive outcomes, even if it's not perfect. And let's be honest, there are usually no absolute perfect decisions ever. There are hopefully decisions for you that you have um, a majority of positive outcomes over another decision. And that's really what I want you to think about. (laughs) I have to make a decision. It's not going to be perfect. But if one decision gives me 20 positive outcomes and another one gives me three, that should be an easy decision for me. Okay. Having touched a little bit on that fine line between analysis and overthinking, it's really crucial to then dive into the art of visualizing what those potential outcomes can be. Every decision opens a door to a series of results. No one has a crystal ball. Mentally walking through potential scenarios can be valuable. And I know for some of you, you're already saying, Mary, there's some decisions I have to make really quick. I get that. But even if you have to make a really, really quick decision, especially if it's not life-threatening decision, you have to see if you can pause for a few minutes, just, just for a few minutes. Can you take five minutes? Can you take 20? Can you take half a day to make a decision? But you have to project what some of those potential outcomes can be. If contemplating a job change, imagine your feelings and prospects in both your current role and the new one in the coming years. The aim is not to predict the future, but to really align your decisions with the outcomes that you are most at ease with. And if you are in a leadership position, what is also one of the best decisions that you can make? What will have the most positive outcomes for you and your team and the organization? Okay. So while predicting exact outcomes is a challenge, another element that plays a vital role in decision-making is probably one of my favorite topics. I'm not going to dare tell you that I have this perfected because I don't, but it is time management. (laughs) It's time management. That is a vital role in decision-making. Good decisions often stem from reflection and research. If you're investigating, let's say, new equipment, such as a new printer, you know, you're diving into specifications, you're looking at reviews, you're getting team feedback because that is essential. While it's also crucial to give yourself ample time, you have to, again, be aware of paralysis by analysis. We need a new printer because the new printer is broken. You can't take a week to make a decision on a new printer. Matter of fact, I'm hoping you can do it in a short amount of time. I'm going to tell you what that short amount of time is because it depends on the needs of the organization, what features and benefits you're looking at. But there is going to come a time where you have to set clear deadlines for decision-making to prevent procrastination and endless deliberation. This goes on in leadership on a regular basis, not for everyone, but there are many of us in leadership positions. It's like, uh, I, I can deal with that later. I can deal, but there are some things we have to. Time is a tool. It is not a crutch. Okay, time is a tool. It's not a crutch. Time is of the essence, but sometimes insights from others can provide clarity. This brings us to the next topic I want to touch on, which is the importance of collaboration, okay? Sometimes a fresh pair of eyes can see what's invisible to you, okay? This is where 
if you've got the time or can you make the time to engage others? I'm speaking about colleagues, mentors, depending on the situation, friends and family to gain diverse perspectives. Now, as I say friends and family, of course, you know, we're talking about outside the organization now. It is still phenomenal to have connections outside of the organization that you can run something by them. You can say, you know, let me get your input. If They can be in a different industry, but they may still have a great perspective and skill set. Don't forget your friends and family that are also professionals, that are also, you know, skilled in areas that maybe you're not, that they can bring a new perspective. I had the opportunity to have a meeting last night. And uh, it was amazing because Two of us have very similar backgrounds in both corporate America and insurance and training and development. The other one has a background in something very different. And they just sat there really amazed at this dialogue. It's like, wow, I didn't even know you knew all that. Exactly. Because we don't have that type of conversation. This is why I'm saying it is very important to try and harness collective wisdom when you can. A peer might offer insights on managing a challenging client. A friend might be able to provide feedback based on their understanding of your job. Collaborative decision making can also serve as a reality check when you are able to ensure that you're not operating based on misconceptions or another favorite of mine, biases. This is the value of harnessing collective wisdom. You want to have a diverse circle around you so that you can gain diverse perspectives. Engaging diverse perspectives is undoubtedly valuable for you, but what happens when things don't go as planned? It's all about perspective and learning, even the most cautious and informed decisions can sometimes, sometimes lead to undesired outcomes, okay? Rather than spiraling into a place of self-blame, I want you to think about how you can use these instances as growth opportunities, okay? Reflect on what could have been different, what could have What could you have done differently and how you can refine your decision-making process for the future? This is one of the great benefits of documentation and taking side notes or journaling what you've done so that you can go back and say, okay, that didn't quite work right. You know, I I love to cook. Uh, Anyone who's been around me knows I love, I really enjoy cooking. There are some recipes that are just in my head, but that doesn't mean I get it right all the time. The benefit of following a recipe and then maybe jotting down something I do differently at the outcome of it, I can say, you know what, that didn't work. (laughs) That was too much cumin or I use way too much jerk seasoning on that. When you have time and when you don't have it, take the time, even if you have to record it, you know, on, on your phone or a device or something, you need to document what your process that was or how you made that decision because if the outcome is isn't what you need it to be or it's not satisfactory for what results really needed to come out of this process you have a way to go back and say okay this worked this worked this really didn't this is where we need to tweak it moving forward this is the benefit and value of documentation okay now while every mistake 
offers a learning curve. Having a consistent approach can aid in our decision-making process. One of the most effective ways to streamline the decision-making process is to establish a consistent framework. I actually have a client that I coach. Um, the person is in a Fortune 100 company. They amaze me at their use of a decision matrix framework, whether it is something for their personal life, for their professional and career, or managing and leading, you know, a team of people. One of the most effective ways to streamline the decision-making process is to establish a consistent framework. Whether it's a SWOT analysis, you know what a SWOT analysis is, that's looking at your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Or a decision matrix, having a go-to method helps in objectively comparing different options. This is when you're structured. Okay. This is when you have a very structured approach because that helps provide clarity, minimizes biases, and can be a great tool, especially when you're torn between multiple options. Those of us that that have um, teenagers or, or college kids, you know, the young adults, as they start to transition, you know, it's like, do you want to attend this school or this school? You know, is this your major? Or is this your major? You know, what class, what's the, what are the pros and cons? But when you have a good decision matrix, it, it, here's the beauty of this. It takes a lot of the emotional side out of the way. And that's what really we talk about. It helps decrease and mitigate the biases. Okay. So think about how you can do that structure is pivotal. Structure is pivotal, but let's not forget the human element of this. Our emotions can influence our decisions in more ways than what emotions can play a significant role in our decision making. While it's essential to make data-driven choices, it's equally important to check in with your emotional state. Are you making a decision? Here's what I mean by that. Are you making a decision out of fear? Are you making that decision out of pressure or genuine conviction? Okay. Acknowledging your emotions can help you ensure that they don't sway your decision. Okay. You don't want it to unduly sway your decision. While keeping your emotions in check is essential, post-decision feedback is a goldmine of insights. So let me dive into the importance of that here for just a moment. And I'm talking about seeking feedback after decisions have been implemented. Once you've made a decision and you have seen it through, here's what I want you to do. Proactively seek feedback, whether it's from your team peers, or even clients, understand the impact and reception of your decision can offer valuable insights. This is the feedback that not only helps gauge the effectiveness of your choice, but also aids in refining your decision-making skills for the future. Feedback is phenomenal. One of the other things I think is awesome is when you have the opportunity to let your team or your peers know that you are going to ask for their feedback. It's going to be phenomenal when you can ask for their feedback after you've made a decision because you've given them a heads up. Okay. Sometimes that helps them 
in the process because they know not only are you currently going to listen to them, but later on, you're going to come back to them again. That's powerful. That is a powerful circle that you can have within the workplace. With feedback in hand, the dynamic nature of the workplace requires one or more key attributes. Here's the one I'm thinking of, adaptability. In today's dynamic professional environment, conditions change rapidly. (laughs) What's that old saying? If there's one thing constant, it's called change. What seemed like a perfect decision yesterday may not hold the same weight today let alone tomorrow. What we did 10 years ago may not work today, okay? Thus, cultivating adaptability is really essential. I know oftentimes when we're brought in to talk about leadership training and leadership development, and oftentimes we think, oh, this is for all the new the new managers in the new lit. No, sometimes we have to go back and have conversations with those who have been in leadership positions and leadership roles for years because they've lost something very important and it was adaptability. Cultivating adaptability is essential. If a choice doesn't pan out as expected, you need to be able to assess this situation and pivot if necessary. You need to be able to assess the situation and pivot if necessary. This is why If you think about some of the things we talked about previously, and I'll touch on those here again in just a moment, but when we talked about being adaptable, right, and seeking feedback, and also previously even speaking there, you want to make sure that you have input from others that um, diverse discussion with diverse members of your team so you can have a diverse perspective. This is part of that reason. This is part of the reason. If it doesn't pan out, You need to be able to assess and pivot if necessary. It's not about the setbacks, but how you adjust and move forward. Let me share that again. It's not about the setbacks, but how you adjust and move forward. Can you imagine, especially if you're a middle manager, um, when you've had the opportunity to say, oh my goodness, this is the plan that we put together. We thought we were going to hit 10. We only hit seven and a half, whatever that, you know, whatever that thing is. So we're going to pivot. And this is the adjustment we're going to take. And maybe even with that adjustment, you don't quite hit 10, which is the ultimate goal, but maybe you hit nine. Guess what? Hey, this is what the team and I did to adjust. We're going to adjust one more time. And now we're going to hit 10, which is what the minimum requirement is. That's what I'm talking about. The power of adaptability to continuously learn is key. As we adapt and pivot, the ever-changing world of work also demands our commitment to continuous growth and learning. So the world of business and professional environment is in a constant flux, right? Best practices, tools, and even decision-making paradigms can shift, right? And let me pause for a second. Even parenting is extremely different. So whether you have children or your friends have children, you know, or your aunt or uncle, if you've been around parents and you think about how parent, what parenting looks like now than what it did 20 years ago, 
40 years ago, 50, it's different. It is extremely, extremely different. Hit best practices, tools, and even decision-making paradigms can shift. What am I saying? I want you to engage in continuous learning, whether through workshops, courses, a self-study, hint, things like we're doing like this, like with the podcast, looking for coaching tools, whether it's through our company or someone else, I want you to think about how you can continuously improve so that you can stay updated and enhance your decision-making process. Remember, knowledge is power. There was a statement made a long time ago that talked about never have lunch by yourself, never have lunch by yourself. Do I agree with that? Sometimes. Sometimes it's great to have lunch by yourself if it gives you the time to sharpen your skills. Maybe you can have lunch and listen to a podcast. Hint. Maybe you can have lunch and you have an audible that you're listening to. You have a book that you're reading. You're looking at a white paper, or this is your moment that, you know, maybe every Wednesday you have lunch by yourself because you're looking at where are the local or virtual workshops that I can attend. Does it have to be in the U.S.? No, maybe there's something in the U.K. or, you know, in Africa or another continent, but it's virtual and you can get totally different perspectives. And that is huge. That is huge in the workforce right now. Okay. In essence, the journey of decision-making in the workplace is a continuous loop of making choices, implementing those choices, learning from the outcomes, and then one of my favorite parts, refining your approach. Okay. When you make the commitment to stay committed to growth, you make a commitment to seek diverse perspectives and become, if you're not, or remain, if you are, adaptable. When you're able to do that, you can navigate the intricate maze of professional decisions with confidence as well as with grace. So what am I saying? Making decisions in the workplace is a blend, okay? It's a blend of analytical thinking, intuition, collaboration, and resilience. As you navigate your professional journey, remember that it's not about making perfect decisions every time, but learning, evolving, and making the best choices given to you at the situation. I want to recap real quick for you what our highlights were when we talk about having this great master decision-making art in the workplace. The first one we talked about was embrace the balance between analysis and action, okay? Project potential outcomes. Time is a tool, not a crutch. (laughs) Harness collective wisdom. Embrace imperfections and learn from them. Establish a decision-making framework, or someone may call it a decision matrix, whatever you want to call it. Prioritize emotional well-being. Remember, remember your emotions play a significant role and they're essential when it comes to, you know, combining that with your data choices, but you have to acknowledge your emotions, making sure you're not moving out of fear or pressure. Seek feedback after decision implementation. Remember the power of adaptability. And the last one we covered is continuous 
learning, continuous learning. So thank you for joining us today. We hope that the strategies that we've discussed in uh, navigating the gray equip you with the tools and confidence to face those challenging decisions head on. Remember, it's not about always getting it right, but about being resilient, adaptable, and continually seeking growth. If you found value in today's discussion, please consider sharing our podcast with your colleagues and friends. Tune in next time for more insights. I'm Mary Ricketts to your success. Thanks for listening to this episode of Scale Up and Grow from Turning Point Training and Development. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out all of our on-demand training courses at turning-point.newzendler.com. That's turning-point.newzendler.com.